For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Long Run Podcast, episode number three. I'm your host, Dominic Santina, and to start off this week's episode, we're going to do our warm-up routine. As I mentioned in episode number two, we will have three segments of this show. You'll have the warm-up, then the workout, and the cool-down. To start with the warm-up today, we're going to talk about some races that are upcoming not this week, not only this weekend, but future weekends ahead. On the national level, this weekend, March 14th, there is the NYC Half Marathon that starts at 8 p.m. is what it's listed online. I just ran a Google search of some big races going on, and so NYC popped up. If you Google search the races, I'm sure you can find their websites as well. On March 14th as well is the Kansas City Big 12 run. It starts at 8 a.m., and that one I know has to do with the Big 12 Basketball Conference, and it's hosted in Kansas City. November On, on March 15th is a few races nationally. There is the Omaha St. Paddy's 7K and Half Marathon in Omaha, Nebraska at 8 a.m. Then also on the 15th, you have the San Diego Half Marathon that starts at 8.30 a.m. On the 15th as well, you have the Hall Over 5K and 10K in Miami Beach, Florida. That starts at 7.15 a.m. That's the race start. I remember looking this up when I was searching some races. Registration and stuff starts earlier than that, so you want to find out what time you need to be registered. I want to say it's around 6 a.m. I know the first wave starts at 7.15 a.m., so make sure you get there early for that one. And also for the last national race on the 15th is the Tobacco Road Half Marathon and Marathon. And that starts bright and early as well at 7 a.m. Here in Michigan, on the 14th, there is the 2020 Clare Irish Festival Road Race at Clare High School. And then on the 15th, there is the Blarney Stone 5K, 10K, Half Marathon in Potterville, Michigan. I also wanted to take some time to look at a couple bigger races that are coming up in the upcoming schedule later this month. On March 22nd, there is the Ann Arbor Marathon in Michigan and the Queens Marathon in New York. On March 28th, there's the Washington, D.C. Rock and Roll Half Marathon in 5K. And on March 29th, there's a USA Beach Running Championship 10K and Half Marathon down in Miami. So with that being said, there's quite a few races going on not only this weekend, but some bigger ones coming out later this month. We'll talk more about some of the later races this month in coming episodes as well. Just wanted to put those on your radar going forward so you give we give you a good advance notice of what's going on. So now that we've gone through some 
of the upcoming races, we're going to move into our workout. And I just kind of wanted to wrap up last week's talk from the Olympic trials for the marathon and what went on there. There was a couple more final thoughts that I wanted to go over. A couple more runners spoke out, and there's only two that I want to bring up at this point. The first one is from Desi Linden, who finished fourth in the trials. Once again, I found this quote from her Instagram page where she posted, the second half of her post is a quote right from herself, and it says, The one guarantee in marathon is it's going to get hard. I don't think I had a fantastic day or really closed down well or did anything special. I think I was just a person who didn't quit, you know? Every time it got hard, it was like, no, keep chasing because you never know. Other people either sandbagged at home or stepped off the course. A lot can change in the last three miles. You just have to commit to it. I think that's a very good outlook there for Desi. She struggled with the race a little bit, as I mentioned in the earlier podcast, and it's been mentioned quite a bit, that course was very tough, it was very hilly, and it was a a strong winds there as well. So very tough challenge that the Atlanta Track Club set up for the Olympic trials, and Des did not come in at completely healthy. She had just beaten the flu, so her immune system was still down a little bit. And when you have a tough course like that, it's going to take a tax on your body. So Des, I think, really did do a good job for the situation. I know she wanted to be in the top three, and many people expected her to be in the top three. But regardless of the fact, she has a good outlook on it, and she's right. A lot of the top runners did step off the course because they weren't having a good day or they just kind of ran it out and finished the race. Des still pushed even though she wasn't feeling good. She knew that she was in that fourth to fifth place spot for the second half of the race. And all it would have took is two people to either drop out or fall off the pace. And Des, like I mentioned, was 12 seconds, I believe, away from that third place spot. She ended up in fourth. She was running in fifth for a while, but when she moved up to that fourth place spot, all she would have had to do was have one girl drop out or one girl drop way off the pace, and she would have made that Olympic team. So I think that quote really symbolizes Des and how hard she pushes and just trying to finish strong. That's exactly what she did there. Now, as we mentioned, she'll turn her focus to Boston and get ready for that marathon and look for her to push hard and maybe try to make up for the disappointing finish in the Boston or in the Olympic trials with a good finish in Boston. The other athlete that I wanted to look at was Jordan Hase. I really liked what she had to say a couple days after actually this was just two days ago. So as we record this, this is Tuesday night, March tenth. So this was March eighth. This would have been Sunday night. Jordan goes, losing it Losing, it feels exciting. It means you have different ways to get better. There are certain things that you can figure out that you can take advantage of. Certain weaknesses that were exposed that you need to sure up. It sucks to lose, but at the same time, there are answers there if you just look at them. And she tweets at Kobe Bryant and the Mamba mentality. And she goes on to say, After every race, good or bad, I always write a post-race review of good, better, and next. 
My experience at the Olympic trials includes some good, but a whole lot of better and a million next. A week has passed to move on from the heartbreak, and I'm beyond excited for the next goals and motivated to learn from losing. It's all about the process, and that's just a positive outlook on a bad situation. As we just mentioned, the race was pretty brutal. A lot of athletes thought they came in prepared, and it was... It knocked a lot of runners' confidence down, so I like the way that I've seen most runners pick themselves up, knowing that they are battling with some of the best competition in the country, trying out for three spots on the Olympic team. And as we mentioned, this is unlike many other countries. Usually they just run for time, and if you hit that time, you can go to the Olympics. But the United States is special in their distance running program, and they make you compete head-to-head and show up on that one day. And so with that being said, I think a lot of athletes did a good job of trying to make sure that they look at it in a positive light and not a negative light and let that experience and what they learned carry into what they do going forward. And like Jordan said, you know, trying to channel that inner Mamba mentality of bringing your best every single day and looking to get better every single day and what that takes and how you can go forward doing that. And I like how she talks about and really reflects. I know when I was running in college, we would have race plans. We didn't really reflect after the race. I mentally reflected a lot, but we didn't write down and reflect about what what went wrong or what we did right during a race. But mentally, I know I talked about with coaches and stuff, what I thought I could have done better, what went right in the race. And I think we do that a lot as runners, and it's a good thing to do. And that's how we help get better is by reflecting on our races and I like the idea there by Jordan of the good better and next what she did good throughout the race what she could have done better and what she's going to do next to help her prepare to have a better finish than what she had there in the Olympic trial so I look forward to seeing how Jordan moves forward I'm not sure exactly what's she has scheduled a lot of these runners don't come out right away and say what they're going to do next they wait a little bit i'm sure jordan's probably taking some downtime a little bit to recover from the trials and then she'll ramp up her training again i don't know if she's planning to run in boston or not it could be pretty fun to watch if jordan and des both end up running in boston and i expect quite a few that didn't make the olympic trials to the olympics to go and run in boston So we'll have to wait and see. That's going to be coming up here in about a month. So pretty exciting. We're getting this podcast up and running just in the right time with the Olympic trials taking off and now getting ready for the Boston Marathon. And it just seems like big news keeps coming and coming. I know I talked about last week Jordan Hesse, who was part of the Alberto Salazar doping controversy that came out late last year and into the start of this year she was trained by Alberto Salazar but was cleared and clean of the whole situation now we have another doping controversy that has been put in place just this week Ruth Jabat who's an Olympic steeplechase champion was handed out a four-year ban for the blood cell stimulating hormone EPO So another big doping controversy there. She won the gold medal in 2016 for the steeplechase. And she was suspended in 2018. She took a 
drug test and failed it for EPO in, I believe, December of 2017. And it wasn't even an in-competition test. It was out of competition that she failed it for. So the suspension, from what I've been reading on the Running World, Runner's World webpage, is the suspension is going to take place from when she failed the test. So it'll be handed down from 20 December 1st, 2017 on out. So or actually, it might even be February 4th. They're saying the results between December 1st and Feb December 1st of 2017 and February 4th of 2018 will not stand. So her suspension is going to start either on that December 1st, 2017 date or that February 4th, 2018 date, which means her suspension will go from either 2017 to then 2021, or it'll go from the beginning of 2018 to the beginning of 2022, which could have some very big repercussions based on what happens. I know for sure she's out of the Olympics for this year. We'll see what other events she runs. I'm trying to think. I don't think the World Championships have anything to do with it. But anyway, I know that it's another big controversy here, right? In the beginning of the year, and it's two within a six-month span now for the distance community, as Jabat is now suspended. And the big controversy with all this is not that she's been suspended, or how long she's been suspended, or why she's been suspended. It's what's being taken away, and not really the fact of that it's too much. It's almost too little, in my mind at least. So as I mentioned, the results from December 1st, 2017 to February 4th, 2018 will not stand, but yet she will get to keep her Olympic gold from 2016, and she'll get to keep her world record in the steeplechase of 8 minutes, 52 seconds, and 0.78. So both of those get to stand, which I read she also got paid like $500,000 for achieving those results. But I'm kind of on the fence. I'm leaning a little bit more one way than the other, but if she failed the drug test in December of 2017... I know there may not be, I guess the question to pose is, were there drug tests after the Olympics? Because if she failed that in 2017, most people would think, okay, you're not going to drug test, you're not going to start taking drugs after you win the gold medal. You are going to take those EPO hormones, performance enhancing drugs, to help you which just a year previous was the Olympics. So why would you, if you just won the gold and you're the best out there, why would you all of a sudden need to be taking a performance-enhancing drug? My thinking would be putting these two together and saying we need to do some more research into this. And I know they drug test Olympic athletes, but did those drug tests come back clean for her as well during the Olympics and is Ruth should we really consider about Ruth Jabat 
her Olympic gold being taken away. I know Emma Colburn has had a very opinionated side on this whole story. She got bronze in that Olympic steeplechase race, and she has she's been quoted saying, "I won bronze that day." She tested positive in 2017, so real results stand. Sometimes if a performance seems too good to be true, it is. My bronze will shine brighter than her gold. And I think underlying through that whole comment, kind of in the middle of it, is a dig at Jabat and the committee saying that if she ran so well in the Olympics and she's busted, why don't you go back and look at that Olympic gold and know that she's been cheating since then? And kind of, as I was saying, putting two to two and two together and look at stripping her of that gold medal. But at the same time, like I said, they drug test athletes most of the time after the Olympics. So it hasn't come out, but in my mind, that almost means she was clear or at least found a way to pass her drug test after the gold medal, which allows her to keep her gold and the world record that she holds right now. So it's another interesting situation. As I said, I'm kind of in the middle of the whole thing. I see both sides of the story. I see how Emma Colburn feels and I would feel the same way if I knew someone cheated and took performance enhancing drugs to help her win an Olympic medal. But at the same time, if there's no proof, you can't really strip someone if you don't have evidence against them. So I think the committee's kind of running the middle ground here and saying, okay, we know she failed back in the beginning of 2018. That's why those results are no longer good. But we don't have proof that she was taking the drugs before then. So she's going to be able to keep her gold. But I think Emma Colburn's statement really puts a point on it of the fact that she was clean and she got bronze. So I like the part of my bronze will shine brighter than her gold because she knows it's clean and that gold medal is now tainted. And so she's saying that it's, you know, there's an asterisk or, or whatever around that gold medal for Jabat. And Emma Colburn knows her bronze is clean and good. So I think... Definitely, if nothing else, everyone should look at that gold medal, and there should be an asterisk next to it, and the gold and the record that she set, because it is up in the air whether or not it was all true or not. And I think it'll be something that will continue to be discussed. And I think I would not be surprised if they continue to look into the situation and see if. There is something that comes out of that Olympic 2016 gold medal, or not. But still, now, I mean, for the running community, you look at it, the long-distance running. You have Alberto Zalazar, who was the head coach of the Nike Oregon Project, goes down with a big-time ban. And then now you're couple months removed and now you got a steeplechase Olympic gold medalist going down for EPO 
and it's it's not the greatest headlines. This one doesn't hit the United States as hard because Jabet's not an American runner, but still, when you look at the long-distance community overall, it's not a good look at all when you have two big-time name competitors or coaches going down for performance-enhancing drugs. And it's going to be interesting to see what falls out of all of this. We know that she won't be in the steeplechase for the 2020 Olympics, depending on if the 2020 Olympics happen. That's a whole nother story with the coronavirus and everything going on there. But, so now, you know, you look at Emma Colburn, who's probably now, if not the favorite, the top two favorites to go win the steeplechase gold medal. That's if she makes the Olympic team, which I got to look up right now when the Olympic track and field trials are. I'm looking it up right now. It's June 19th and through June 28th. So a couple months away yet, but I would expect Emma Colburn to be there and probably a couple other of the distance runners that we saw in the marathon. I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, going to run in the trials as well. So we'll see what happens with Emma Colburn there, but Kind of a little dig at Jabet, and it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the steeplechase competitors in the Olympics when we get there. For Colburn, it's got to almost be a boost of confidence because now it's one less competitor she has to worry about. And now she knows she has a good chance if she does all her training and comes in prepared to not only win silver, but a good chance at gold. So that could be a huge boost for Emma Colburn and Team USA there. Maybe another chance to get a gold medal. So I know I've been rambling a little bit on this topic of the ban to Jabat and everything going on there. But just wanted to... I want to hear your thoughts on it too. What do you guys think? Do you think the Olympic steeplechase champion should keep her gold medal and her world record or not i want to hear what you guys think as well so you can hit us up on our instagram at believe in the long run on instagram or on twitter at the long run five both of the social medias here for the long run podcast series so tell us what you think about jabat and her ban and tell us if you think the gold medal and world record should stand or not. And I love I want to get you guys involved in the series, so I think this is a good way to do it. And we're gonna move to our cool down now. I know this is gonna be a shorter episode than it was last week, but a little bit less going on. Not as exciting as last week as we had the Olympic marathon trials going on, but we're going to move on to some training tips for you. Number one that I want to tell you guys about is make sure to ice every once in a while. It's always good to ice your legs after a workout or things aren't feeling good. Make sure you get some ice in, some rest, put your legs up, let some of the lactic acid drain out of them. Some of the things that I've talked about 
or thought about here to suggest to you is I know a lot of people who like to get a foam roller or just a hand roller to roll out your calves or your thighs or whatever it is that's always a good idea rolling out your muscles and getting them loose is a, is very helpful for distance runners especially when you're pounding the pavement quite often your calves can lock up on you and get pretty tight or you're you know you got a sore muscle it's always good to get a roller and kind of stretch out and roll that out and loosen it up so that way you don't get an even bigger injury some minor injuries if you take routine maintenance and just kind of stretch it out ice if needed elevate and roll it out it can prevent some of your bigger issues that come down the line and then the biggest one for distance runners that we need to do is you always need to make sure well you always should you should always try to find a good pair of running shoes that fit your style the best the I know everyone's different we all have our different styles and our posture and everything but look for a good pair of running shoes that you feel comfortable in do not go to the store and buy some twenty thirty dollar running shoes if you're gonna be running thirty plus miles a week that's not gonna help you it's gonna hurt you and it's gonna cause some injuries down the line go to the store don't go to some retail store that's selling discounted shoes if you don't have a running store near you, go to a sporting goods store, ask them if they have any running shoes, what they would suggest, and find them there. My ideal situation that I would tell you is go to a running store. If you don't know what you're looking for, do some research online, or you can go to the running store. All the running stores usually have people employed that are runners. Tell them what you want to do. Tell them, hey, I'm doing 30, I'm doing 40, 50, 60, 70 miles a week, whatever you're running. Tell them what type of running you're doing, whether it's road running, trail running, whatever it is. Explain the situation. Tell them what you're looking for, and they'll help you. There's a lot of good different brands out there, a lot of different types of shoes. I know I like Brooks, personally, are my favorite but everyone's different there's Nike there's Brooks there's Mizuno there's hookah there's whatever else out there New Balance find the pair that fits you best and help in whatever helps you the most and that's the number one really one of the biggest things that we probably should have mentioned last week is just finding the good pair of shoes that fit you well that will help you help you eliminate injuries and help you to run your best I want to use this moment right here to also try to get some social media interaction and comments from our listeners if you don't want to comment about the Olympic gold medal situation and the world record that Jabat has why don't you also send us a message on social media about what type of shoes you like or if you want to suggest a type of shoes that maybe I didn't mention that you like to wear you can send them to me as well on our social media at the believe in the long run on Instagram and the long run 5 on Twitter and 
let's just come together as a community and share what type of shoes you guys like to wear. We didn't really get any social media interaction last week. I know we got some followers on Instagram, but we had no comments on any of our posts. So I'd like to get a little bit more interaction here between me, the host, and the listeners out there of what you guys think about the podcast in the series and what what we have going on here. As I mentioned, we got some big races going on this week as well on January 14th or March 14th, excuse me, there's the New York City Half Marathon. That starts at 8 p.m. is what their website says. Uh, also on the 14th, there's the Kansas City Big 12 run at 8 a.m. St. Patrick's Day, Omaha 7K and Half Marathon in Omaha, Nebraska. That starts at 8 a.m. San Diego Half Marathon at 8.30 a.m. The Hallover 5K, 10K in Miami Beach. That starts at 7.15. Remember, early start. So you want to check in with their website and see what their registration and scheduling is there for that race. Because that's going to be a bright and early one. And then also on the 15th, the Tobacco Road Half Marathon and Marathon starts at 7 a.m. Another bright and early race. In Michigan, if you're listening in the Michigan area, in Clare, Michigan, there's the 2020 Clare Irish Festival Road Race. It gets held, at, the start is at the Clare High School. And then on the 15th is the Blarney Stone 5K, 10K Half Marathon in Potterville. So just recapping some of those races that we mentioned in the earlier segment of the podcast. If you do go to any of those races and you want to tell us how it went or share how you did, you can also reach out to the social media, as I mentioned. Let us know about anything you're doing, any of your training, any of your running. If you competed in some of those races, if you have races to recommend for us to mention here on the podcast series, if you want to talk about your thoughts about the podcast series, any suggestions to talk about on the podcast, or any tips you want to know about, anything you want to know. I'm going to leave it completely up to you. Anything that's on your mind, please reach out to us on social media. Let's get some fan interaction here. And I want to get some community involvement here in the podcast so that way you don't have to sit here and listen to me talk all day. We can get some of you in on this as well. And then we can make it more fun and more interactive as well. All it takes is one of you. One person reaches out, leaves a comment, leaves a suggestion, whatever. More will follow. So don't be a follower. Be a leader. Reach out uh, to our social media. Once again, I'll say it. It's Believe in the Long Run on Instagram and The Long Run 5 on Twitter. Here for the Long Run podcast series. And I hope to hear from you guys. This has been Episode 3. I'm Dominic Santino. I hope you enjoyed it. Wasn't as long-winded as the first podcast, first full podcast, but I thought it was something interesting with more scandals going on here in the long-distance community. Get some runners that want to earn gold medals the right way and not cheat in our sport and clean things up a little bit and get this long-run community back on the right track. Seems like they're going downhill quick with a couple of these bands but hopefully things will turn around here later in 2020 and we can get some better news especially with the Olympics 
maybe some clean Olympic finals will get the long run community back in the right spot because it kind of looks like we got a couple black eyes right now. So I know this one's been short. Regardless, I've enjoyed being able to talk once again about long runs and I gotta head out for my workout. So that's gonna end episode number three. I hope you enjoyed it and tune in next week. We'll have episode number four and check out on Wednesdays. I'm gonna try to post them every Wednesday morning. So check out next Wednesday for episode number four. I know we are still working on trying to get our podcasts on all the networks. We'll have it on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, all of the normal podcast networks. We will get there eventually. As of right now, I do not believe we are on any of those. They're working on setting up the connection to get those available. So right now, we're just on the Believe podcast webpage. But in the coming future, hopefully soon, we will be on all of your favorite podcast stations and hopefully that helps us get a little more viewer interaction but if you are listening to the podcast and you enjoyed it please tell your friends about it please share about it and please comment with us your thoughts and anything you would want people to know about or want to talk about on this podcast i'm begging you guys to get some interaction i know it's only been two shows but still it improves the overall quality of the show if we can get some fan interaction thank you to the 22 view 22 followers that followed the believe in the long run instagram page and hopefully we can boost that to over 50 even 100 this next week we'll give you an update when episode four comes out all right i know i'm rambling i gotta go for my run we'll see you next week for episode four of the long run podcast series i'm dominic santina thank you for listening Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.